Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I'm Moshe. I'm Natasha. And uh, I want to say to our listeners... Um, how nice and meaningful all of your well wishes were um, after the episode with Pablo and after we said goodbye to Pablo. It was, um, I was, I, you know, I was self-conscious when we did the farewell to Pablo episode because I didn't feel any emotions. I mean, I was feeling like generally this is sad. And, um, but then I needn't have worried because I've been a total crying mess for the last like week ever since actually saying goodbye to him. And of course, Natasha, I mean, I don't know if you planned it this way, but she got a movie role and left the day after Pablo died. So it was just me doing Mr. Mom between the tracks of my tears, trying to like do like fun dad activities while weeping over looking at three dog bowls. I mean, the first time I went to feed the dogs and I instinctively grabbed three bowls, I, I just turned into a weeping mess. And uh, seeing all those messages come through really was helpful to me. We have a good, a good community of listeners. Well, honey, I'm sorry that you were crying all week. And um, hopefully some of that was assuaged. Is that a word? It is. By not having to pick up diarrhea at 3 a.m.? Well, I was feeling so, like, sad and nostalgic for Pablo that I was going to, like, you know, local COVID wards and stuff and asking if they had any, like, accidents that I could clean up. Too soon. Too soon for what? COVID jokes. It's too soon for COVID <laughs> jokes? Is it too soon for Pablo jokes? No, those are good. No, I, I did, though, while you were away. I, I did take a, a shit on the rug myself just so I could still feel his presence you know but I miss him you know one thing I realized it saying goodbye to old Pablo is that when these dogs get old they're so he was so cantankerous and difficult that I spent like the last year of my life like dealing with him and not like having a friend and is this a little bit too sincere the point is what I've been thinking a lot about is all the fun times I had with Pablo over the years uh, before he began aggressively biting, shitting, barking, coughing, and... Peeing on the velvet. Peeing on the velvet. I miss my, my old pal. And I thank you, Endless Honeymoon Podcast listeners, for uh, getting me through it. And also, Moshe and I are sleeping more soundly now because we were able to hang up the curtains that we had had, had to take off because he was marking the bottoms of them. So right. I had them dry cleaned and in storage, and then we'd have to get up at the crack of dawn because the sun would start beating through our windows. Um, so that's good. And we got a box a box of Pablo ashes coming that we'll be selling as a part of our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> if you're at the $95 a month uh, level, we will send you a tablespoon of Pablo's ashes. Um, I think it's so bizarre to get the ashes. We're getting them. But I think it's so bizarre to get the ashes of a pet. It's like sprinkle. I'm going to sprinkle it. What am I going to do? Put it in my Wheaties? Anyway, no, you go put them in the ocean. Yeah. 
It just. I, w- I was thinking I wanted to, because my dog Cutie is so fluffy and cute. Is it weird to like shave off a bit of her and use it as like a little muff? Well, you know, you don't shave an animal. When, when she's dead, like, could they skin it? Skin. And then like use it as like a little muff. Is like, that too weird? I would say that's one of the weirder things I, if you did that, it would be one of the weirder things I had ever heard of. Why? Then I could always pet her little, her little scrub. I mean, who is, you're going to send Cutie's corpse to a taxidermist? I don't know. Is there a furrier in town? Maybe someone in (laughs) Beverly Hills who makes little, you know, just, you know what I'm talking about? Like a fur collar. Yeah, I think everybody knows what you're talking about. They're horrified by the concept. Why? She's what? Is it better to put her in dirt than to wear her? If I'm gonna wear some un unknown fox, I might as well wear her. You shouldn't be wearing unknown fox either. <laughs> well, I only do because I have vintage furs in my closet that I save for myself, and I wear them only at home and never take pictures of myself in them because I've had them for ages. They were passed down from family members. I'm not gonna burn them. This is like every fur wearer's long-winded explanation. Oh, it's vintage. It's from an old lineage of, oh, I've had it for many generations. What are you supposed to do? Yeah, I hear you. Listen, I'm a very hairy person. Do you think when I die that you would skin me? Nope. Why not? I don't want to. I want to be your muff. Honey, it's not going to happen. I would love to be your muff. Take me on stage with you so I can feel the electricity of the stage one more time. If anyone out there doesn't think it's weird and has any tips or if anyone's done a similar thing... Let me know. I'm not saying I want like a fur hat with her paws hanging down. That would be cute. <laughs> I got to say uh, to the listeners, by the way, steal yourselves emotionally because cutie is not long for this world. She ain't Don't looking. Don't say that, honey. You're not supposed to mourn the living. You were celebrating his death. I, I, I'd be sad when cutie died. You were you did the cha-cha the minute the vet was done. Remember you put on those wood shoes and that uh, Chiquita banana headdress? And you started doing the cha-cha? I did shut the gate when he when he left with the little basket full of Pablo. And I said, and don't come back. And no, then... you didn't. You did not. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were serious. I mean, it would almost be in character that you did that to his corpse. Poor little guy. Um, Natasha, should we get this party started? Let's do it. Um, we have some written-in questions, as we always do on The Secret Dump. And uh, this one, I think this one is close to Natasha's heart. Okay, Stacy Cap is asking us, is it okay to not share a room with my significant other? Here's the thing. I've been I've been on uh I've been away for a while, a few weeks at a time, got my own little thing going. I started getting really into TV, like I started watching things. I I I finished all, almost all of Chippendales. Um our friend Kumail's in it. It was great. And, you know, I just started getting into like binging television and I was like, wait, I never do this at home. There's like so much stuff I have to do at home. And then, you know, you and I will watch something and then it's like something that we both like. So it's not always me following like what is something bingeable for me. And I just think like maybe if I had my own room and I could like watch my own thing and have it be clean in my own space, maybe I would hang out there and spend more time feeding myself. Honey, and so I think that... By all means, feel free. Don't let the doorknob hit you with a good Lord split you. And don't come back. I'll be watching Fauda in my little room, hanging out. Listen, I don't agree with you. I you think, don't think you can have different rooms? I think the only way to make a di- your own room work 
is if you each have your own room and then there's a third room for you to sleep in. Now that's not always an economic option for everybody, but I think if you only have one bedroom separating it, it it's kind of like, uh, are you guys roommates or are you a couple? No, can't you sometimes like, you'll still find a time to have sex. I'm not even talking about sex. It just feels symbolically like, okay, bye. Well, I don't know. This morning I was basically kicked out of the bed because you were asleep. Our daughter came in and slept in the middle of us last night. And then by the time I like opened my eyes, I was basically being shoved off the bed. And then I went and slept in her room. So, you know, what what is what is your version of romance? It's shoving you off the bed with my daughter. I mean, that's where I feel most romantic toward you is when I'm able to physically kick you off of the bed and watch you collapse onto the floor below. Listen, I think that maybe as long as you have, you know, you gotta still have physical stuff happening and aware and a place to have that and some nights shared. You could fuck in the car. That'd be nice. But like, it is weird that when we get married, it's like, okay, now this is just the person you're supposed to hang out with all day long. Every time you want to watch something. I feel like this is the episode that the true crime uh, people will be listening to when uh, the two of us are no longer married. They'll be like, you could see it there. The evidence was in. I mean, I... I don't think it's that weird. To, you would be down to not sleep in the same bed anymore? Can I have our bedroom? <laughs> Where do I sleep? I mean, in the RV? I don't know. I'm just kidding. Um, I would love to sleep in an RV. Listen, all right, Moshe says no, I say yes. Bonnie McFarlane and her husband, they have separate rooms. I remember when Patton and Meredith, Patton Oswald and Meredith were on. They, they have were, separate rooms? No, but they were saying they, they hang out in separate areas. I'm down to hang out in separate areas. Every night and watch their own stuff. End of the night, you come together and then you come together. And I go to bed at 11, you stay up till 4 a.m. sometimes. I need two bouts of love making every night from 10 to 10.30 p.m. and from 11 to 11.15 p.m. So I don't see how that's going to work in separate rooms. Oh, did you guys know that we make love um, 14 times a week? I didn't... Have we ever mentioned that on the podcast? 14 times a week. Listen, I think that 2023 is about bending the norms, trying to figure out what works for you, and maybe it's something that's a little strange or not, not usually done. Dick Van Dyke over here with his. Uh, do you think we should have like? Remember they had those. Dick two, Van Dyke. I don't know someone with the separate beds oh, and you know like, like Ricky the, Ricardo. Yeah. You know my dad and my stepmom used to sleep like that because they were in two twin beds. Yep, yeah, they were from this. My my stepmom is from this religious sect called the Satmars in Hasidic Judaism, and they don't let the people sleep together. Uh, and so it would be two separate beds, and I guess they would like switch off one to fuck on whenever <laughs> they did that. I don't know how that works. Anyway, you want, you know what? You want a twin bed? By all means. How about this? I'll keep our king-size bed, and you can get a cot and sleep on the side, and you can binge on your, um, on your laptop, and I'll be using the regular TV. Moving on to secrets. Let's hear some secrets. Hello. I love you guys. It's really a uh, mixed bag as far as agreeing with you. But um, I'm calling in, in support of Moshe. Uh, I commend your DJing uh, attempts. Uh, ah! you. Attempts. You obviously know the, the phrase, follow your bliss. And I think you're doing that. That's great, mate. So here's, here's my secret. Moshe, I have a, a, 
a dirty secret about video games. Um, I'm a grown man. I um, am single. I have two lovely daughters. And I have a VR headset. And there's this game on there that you have to try. And it's called Gun Raiders. It's a bunch of kids, just a bunch of boys with guns, Battle Royale style. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm on there at least once or twice a week. A grown man with a wee boys shooting at each other. And I can't tell anyone. <laughs> it's a, but uh, I thought of you, and I knew you'd, you'd support me. So, uh, yeah, there you go. You know what? I revise my uh, sentiment about having your own room. I think absolutely you should have your own room because this isn't a, a shameful secret other than the shame that your partner, likely female, will bring to you for trying to blast some fools with a VR headset on. Like if you, Natasha, ever walked in on me playing Gun Raiders with my VR headset on, like uh, calling some kid a cuck and trying to shoot him, you would like, you would never be romantic with me again. And so I think, I think that this is a this is not a secret. This is in fact something that you need to do, uh, and I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I am. I'm. I'm proud. I, I. Um. No, I think your attempts at DJing are oh, are Natasha. good as well. Uh. No, I will the say the guy barely spoke English. Okay, <laughs> he's from Scotland. He barely understands the language. He didn't mean attempts. He meant. Uh, he meant it was a perfect accomplishment. Well, I remember I had a boyfriend once and we, back to the separate rooms, and we did have separate rooms. And we didn't have separate rooms, but he was just always in the basement. And then a friend came over and they said he was like my teenage son. And he was always just down there playing video games. So I do think that if you are going to have separate rooms, I would like to add that you have to bring a little dignity to it. How do you do that? Well, you don't turn it into like a sweat box situation. You try to keep it a place that you could always entertain the opposite sex in a little bit so you could always be so you want to be like a disgusting mess Mm. with cum socks on the doorknob or whatever that mean like don't come in here because then it's like then because i I came in here right so it's like then she can come into your space you just have they have to be a little dignified i like that thank you maybe maybe the solution is two separate rooms but you guys need to switch off one night a week and sleep in each other's space. And also respect gaming hours. Like, Thank you. Respect gaming. I agree. Respect gaming. Don't do it like eight hours because no woman ever wants to come Res- into that. Try to like... Respect gaming. I agree. Natasha said it. She respects gaming. Okay, let's take another secret. Hi, guys. What's up? Um, so I've been sleeping with the same dude for like three years. And I kind of always have wanted more from him than he's given me. Um, and there have been a couple times where my period was late and I kind of thought I was pregnant. Um, and I knew, like, in my heart that I probably wasn't because he never actually come inside me because I'm not on birth control. So, um, but my secret is that I have uh hoped that I was pregnant just so that I would have a reason to uh text him and he would have to drive uh five hours to come see me and we could spend time together at the abortion clinic. Um, 
That is beautiful. I mean, who doesn't want that? That's a beautiful image. I gotta say, if if that is where the fantasy is going, then you're definitely not getting enough. Oh, I mean, I, I, from him, and I don't know what to do about that. But I hope that someone who's five hours away that you're pining off of after, you do want to kind of try to make sure that you're not closing yourself off to other opportunities that might be more suitable for you. I mean, the closer. More enthusiasm from the partner. The truth is, across America right now, across the world right now, 75% of long-term booty calls need to be called off immediately. <laughs> I mean, it's just true. And they know that. And both parties probably know that. The guy, it's usually the guy, not to reduce it to gendered terms, but it's usually the guy. The guy probably knows that he's ignoring the fact that the person he's been sleeping with for years actually has feelings for her, for her him. And the girl, she knows that she wants more and that she'll never get it from him. And neither party, both parties enjoy what they're getting out of the relationship enough that they'll just allow this little festering. I've done it. But the girl is most 75% of the time harboring more the, the idea and the, the pull to want a little more from them. Yeah. And so you just, the minute, the truth is, the minute you feel like, oh, I really want this person to give me emotional fulfillment and I know that they won't, you should immediately end it because it's never going to get better. It's The sex will be good. It'll stay good. But you'll just stay feeling like, oh, fuck. And the truth is, for guys, I mean, I would did not take my own advice. It's so easy for me to say now that I'm married. But the truth is, for a guy, the minute you know that the girl has caught feelings for you... I mean, listen, it happens in reverse, obviously, that the guy catches feelings and the girl doesn't. But the minute you know that the person on the other end of this thing has caught feelings for you and that you don't reciprocate those feelings and that there's a little part, no matter how small, of them that every time you guys have sex, it breaks their heart, you should break it off! <laughs> but you can't. I mean, I just wouldn't. I didn't. I didn't. Well, you know, it's it's funny because we're reading our, our daughter, Peter Pan, and even Wendy is, like, trying to get more from from Pan. And oh, he's yeah. like, oh, Pan he's do. like, what, what do you want me to do? And she's like, it's not proper for you to have to ask me yeah. that. No, Pan's the original fuckboy. It's like, I, I, <laughs> he's like, I don't want to grow up. I don't want to grow up. I want to hang out with my bros. I want to play with weapons. And every once in a while, I'll come and I'll hang out with girls. It's so now, I funny. Got, I got two different chicks. I got a regular sized chick and a little fairy chick. And both of them are sprung on this little green dick. I mean, yeah, man. He wants to hang out with his lost boys. But, the, oh, but then what, what, what Wendy keeps doing is she keeps mommying them. So she's like their mommy and they all love her. And she's kind of like Peter's mommy slash wife. Like he's kind of the daddy, yeah. but he won't commit to it because he still wants to party with the lost boys. And then, oh, but here's the thing. Wendy. Yeah is kind of mom if you mommy them and you, you that's what you don't want to do in a fuckboy situation is you don't want to also be the person who's there to be like oh yeah no yeah you should you should go with that out those those pants look better or oh yeah well here's uh here's my advice on this and oh oh do you want that i can order it for you it's really easy for me and then you all of a sudden start like 
being their mommy, like being the person that they need advice and help, but then you're also fucking, but then they well, don't really want you in that way it's exclusively. A thing, it's a thing that I think a lot of people do when they can't get what they want emotionally. They figure, you know, if I could infuse myself into the infrastructure of this person's life, then I could make myself indispensable and maybe that will get me what I want. But the most you ever No, they get... just want someone to ask because men no, men need wives. A man needs a maid, you know? Like Yeah. I, and I think that women A man needs a maid. <laughs> women young over here. Women like Ricky Ricky Lindholm and she used to have this thing where they were like, uh, she and Kate, they would say, like, oh, don't shirt me. Like, cause a guy just wants to fuck you, but then he's also like, hey, can you give me advice? Like, should I does this shirt look better or this shirt look better? You know, because these are smart women who are like have taste and they need help. Don't these, shirt me. These guys need help, but then they don't want, and they want to fuck you, but then that's it. They kind of want to close it off at the part where you're like, wait, I'm not doing this for a bunch of people. I can tell you what, hmm. I never shirted a single woman in my life. My, my booty call situations were pretty much exclusively transactional. You know what? I'm lying. Because, you know, there were different categories of booty calls. There was, like, pure sex booty calls, and then there was, like, the almost a girlfriend booty call. And that that's the one that really gets people's hearts broken. Mm. Anyway, the point is, it's difficult out there. I'll say another controversial thing. Hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong. No one has done anything wrong when two people start fucking, and then the person uh, uh, says, I have feelings, and then the other person says, I don't. I think we should end this. Nothing bad has occurred. No one has done anything wrong. A, a person does not owe you emotional uh, uh, feelings. A person does not owe you anything but honesty. And then you owe yourself honesty too. You're being dishonest as well when you keep going back to someone that isn't giving you what you want and you know it and you're trying to get them to do it anyway. You're not, not everyone, not every fuckboy might have been as forthright as you, Moshe. That's, That's true. No, I, listen, there's dishonesty. That's wrong. There's a, a, a specific and um, and premeditated emotional manipulation, that's always wrong. What I'm saying is if everybody's honest and one person doesn't catch feelings, no one's done anything wrong. The wrong starts, and I've done it. The wrong starts when you just, when you just keep going back and you just keep ignoring what's right in front of you. For both parties, it's wrong to treat yourself like that. If you're upset at this man for not being uh, emotionally uh, receptive to you, how upset should you be at yourself? He owes you less than you owe yourself. Move on. But anyway, it is a very funny image to think of the two of you cuddling in an abortion clinic. Now that's nice. All right, let's take another secret. Hey, guys. So when I was in the sixth grade, which was middle school, I uh, all my friends were um, becoming honorable students, and they were given these fancy certificates uh, because of their good grades. Um, I did not get one, however, because I was more of a creative guy, and um, it was kind of embarrassing, though, because I was, like, the only one without one of these certificates in my friend group, um, and everyone was also given these, like, bumper stickers that said, my student is an honor roll student, um, that all the parents could, like, put on their cars, and it was this kind of, you know, show-offy thing, um, so I thought I, I needed to get me one of them. And uh, one day in class, we had this autistic student um, who was given one as kind of like a, um, you know, supportive kind of thing to do. Um, and I saw it sticking out of his backpack. And um, in a high-stakes situation, I went ahead and snatched that bad boy. 
and uh, took it home and then also made a certificate um, in Photoshop to go along with it. And um, everybody thought that uh, I was an honor roll student. Um, and I know that that's just terrible, but, um, you know, was a young, foolish guy at the time. All right, thanks. I knew things were going wrong when he mentioned that the kid was autistic. I knew something ethically unforgivable was about to occur. And it did. And I wasn't disappointed by that secret. In the end, I, you know, and the fact that you called it a bad boy, you know, you snatch that bad boy, it doesn't really um, distract us from uh, knowing what you are, sir. It's just pure evil. How old do you think they were? High school. I mean, that is a very funny situation to not earn a, an honor roll bumper sticker, but to steal it from a neurodivergent classmate who'd been given it as a kind of like, you go boy type of situation, and then just bring it you home. You could just get another one. You know, you could have done is taken it to Kinko's and had them make one for you. But you know what? I respect people that have done things that are um, really, really bad in their life. I mean, I wouldn't say this is really, really bad. It's in the category solidly of very funny. But um, Natasha, would you do something like that? Oh, I'm sure I've done worse. But I, you change. Yeah, you do. You live and learn. You live not, and you learn. Not all of that is present, like right and wrong, isn't fully developed yet when you're young. No, it's true. Like in I fact, remember stealing jewelry from a f family friend's jewelry box and thinking it was funny. I don't know how I... Like in seventh grade. I don't know how I made it through my teenage years without murdering someone or being murdered. Literally. <laughs> I truly don't know. The choices I was making at that time were so ethically, unbelievably stupid. And... <laughs> That I honestly don't know how I made it through. I don't know how any teenage boy makes it through life and doesn't get killed. Anyway. That's well, a horrible thought, Moshe. Dude, I remember one time we had like robbed this girl's house. <laughs> and um, she came outside and she, she brought a shotgun out. And I was like, oh, hell no, she didn't pull a shotgun on me. And I ran toward her. I ran at her. I charged her holding a shotgun, and she, thank God, ran into the house rather than doing the thing that most people with shotguns do, or the thing they're designed to do, turn it on me and shoot me in the stomach and murder me. So I just don't understand how I made it. And I'm, Oh, you would have been murdered by a girl. That would have been funny. It would have been very funny. <laughs> you know, if nothing else, my family would have gotten a good chuckle out of that. Um, Natasha, I think... Oh, you would have been made fun of. You think? I think people would. Little boy Mosh, murdered by a girl. Oh, there's nothing embarrassing. You thought about. you were, a, if you're a gangster to get murdered by a woman, you don't what? think that's embarrassing? I think that's reductive, Natasha, and the most misogynistic thing you've ever said on this podcast. I think women are just as good at men as, at murdering. Oh, I'm not saying that. I I'm just women, saying. No, I think women can murder at an equal rate to men. <laughs> that's what I believe. All right, well. Let's 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 see the numbers. Show me the numbers. I'm not saying they do. I'm saying they're as good at it if they want to be. Of course, a woman can learn to aim a gun, but they don't ha most women don't have that like salivating testosterone that makes you want to like flip a table over. Hey, women do murder though. They murder. I understand. W B M. Women be murdering. Natasha, yeah. I think the time has come for us to say farewell. Oh, and speaking of murdering some uh, uh, murdering, I'm I have something I'm going to murder of yours later tonight. 
What's that? I think you know. Okay, I'm excited. In our mutual room, I'm going to make you see God in a way you haven't since the second baby. <laughs> it's been really fun, Natasha. All right, well, uh, talk to you soon. Hey, come see us. Oh, no. Well, actually, yeah, if you're in San Francisco, come see us tonight at the Star Theater. There's probably maybe tickets still available with Reggie Watts. Uh, if it's not too late. I think it's sold out, honey. All right, goodbye. Goodbye.